everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today I wanna talk about how to hit our practice goals. Of course, this is gonna be for all instruments. A practice goal is a practice goal and how we organize is the same for everybody. Now, uh, it's between Christmas and New Year's here in the United States. So uh, this time of the year is when people are thinking about what they would like to do differently this year and the goals that they would like to achieve and all that kind of stuff. So I thought this would be a fantastic topic because that's kind of what I'm all about. This is what I like to do is help people move forward quickly in their jazz playing. So that's why we're here. Um, now, about 10,000 people a week, 10, 12,000 people a week are watching these videos. I love that. So that tells me people are interested not only in good information, but information where the rubber hits the road, right? Like I could regale you with stories of jazz theory that's perfectly useless. I know a lot of that stuff, right? I could keep you busy for busyness sake. That's not why I'm here. We want to dig deeper into a particular topic and get better at it. I've had many, hundreds, hundreds, maybe a thousand emails by now from people saying, oh my God, the such and such video, I was confused about that for the last 25 years. Now I'm using it on gigs. This is a week or two later. So fantastic. That's what I want this to be all about. So I want to talk now about how to organize our practice just a little bit better. And uh, I want to see if we can solve this in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's my goal here. So there are four things that I want to talk about today. And as I thought about this, now I've been teaching for 35 years and about 20 of those years have been to you folks, the adult amateurs and semi-pros I love talking to. And in that time, I've really kind of figured out how to divide up our time that can be really effective. And by effective, this is the metric I'm using. If you're not noticeably better to yourself and others, every three or four months, something's not quite right. That should be happening. And if people tell you that's impossible, uh, that's ridiculous because I see that happen constantly with students of mine. So that's what we're aiming for. When you have that sort of success, of course you're more excited to be practicing and everything else. One thing I think we've all probably experienced is how practice can be an anxious thing. We can practice anxiously. Our head is spinning. We're in a rush, whether it's because there's a concert coming up or because we think we have to have such and such done by whenever. Um, because we think we're getting too old too quick. Time's wasting. I'm never going to learn how to do this. So we anxiously keep ourselves busy. Anxious practice and practice that keeps us busy. When you have those feelings, you're almost certainly going down a bad path. So what we want to do is have clear, simple goals, and we want to have a path to walk to achieve them. When you have that going on, we're not anxious. We know where we're going, and we know we're on a trusted path. And it may take a week or a month. That's the only thing that you'll worry about. Oh, I hope this comes a little quicker than the last thing. But it's going to come within four months. That's what I'm talking about. So let's look at this a little bit. Item number one, you need to be a part of an active community. You need people around you. We're going to talk about that. Number two, you need to practice your instrument. And I mean, aside from jazz and licks and chord changes, get better at your instrument. Number three, you need to practice and learn jazz vocabulary. 
the licks and the melodies and the devices that make up melodic jazz playing. And the last one, you have to play jazz songs. All of this sounds very simple, but most of you out there will be lucky if you're doing two of these. I'll just say, for those of you that have three or four of these actively going on, you should be making incredible progress. If you're not, we need to fine tune them a little bit. So where I wanna start is this idea of being part of an active community. Now, that's why I do these videos. The thing is, this is not an active community. This is close. This is me giving you information, me sharing with you my trials and tribulations, what worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, how hard I've had to work to get going. So I hope this is a little inspirational and I hope I give you good, actionable information. This is not a community. So coming out of this, that's why I started jazzwire.net. If you're interested, you can go look at it. The point is, when I was in university, that was the most, that's where I got the most, frankly, out of those eight years of college. And I loved my college experience, but I learned the most from hanging out with my friends and having a beer and talking about this album or that album, or someone being honest with me about my playing. Hey man, do you realize you're really sharp when you play up high? Oh, wow, I didn't realize it was that noticeable. Yeah, well, okay. And the next person pipes in and talks about how I can work on that. That sort of honest community, a back and forth. And now it's not just me receiving information. In a community, you don't just receive, you give. That's part of the community. So me having to be the mentor or me trying to give someone advice or me trying to pipe up when the time's right. That is the most important thing. That's why it's number one. I honestly feel that. That is the experience so many adult musicians are missing. And a lot of you sort of feel bad about missing it or you feel like you can't get that. Oh, I never went to college. I'm never gonna have that experience. I guess I'll just be kind of a half-ass player my whole life. No, no. You need to find a place where you're part of an active community. That means not sitting around and watching, not just looking at videos. That's not a community. That's one way doesn't work that way. You need to be part of a community. So that is huge. That's where everything happens. You, you can't make do without it and it can't be replaced. So I'm gonna turn you loose on that one, that idea of finding a community. Again, jazzwire.net, I built that for you guys and it's working amazingly. It's a real community. So I hope you check it out. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is every day you should work on your instrument, on playing the saxophone, on playing the piano. Not playing jazz, playing the piano. Is everything just right? So this often takes some very slow, intentional practice, but it can be about building your technique. So of course, every dis different instrument is a little different. So today, one of the things I went back to that I haven't practiced in a long time is fluidity playing chromatic scales. So I was playing my 12 chromatic scales. Yes, there are 12, there's not just one. For me to play a chromatic scale starting on a B and a chromatic scale starting on a C feels very different. So I was practicing that. So here's what it sounded like. sticky spots 
in that B chromatic scale. It's an A concert, B on the tenor sax. There's some weird key areas, but when I do it starting on my high E flat, wasn't the best example. It's smoother. So there are some keys I noticed today, like why is that one smoother and that one not so much? I'm playing the same notes in the same order, starting in a different place. So that, a chromatic scale, was kicking my butt today. Um, and it's going to kick my butt for a while. So every day, <clears throat> I'm going to be working on that for the next couple weeks. And maybe five, 10 minutes a day. Today, I spent about 20 minutes on it and I started doing it in slow motion. Something technical about your instrument. I also spent about 20 minutes today playing harmonics on the saxophone to build my tone. It doesn't matter if I'm playing classical music or funk or jazz, I need to have that good sound and intonation and all that stuff about your instrument. So don't just play jazz licks and patterns and whatever and forget about dealing with your instrument. You have to do that every day. The next thing you need to work on is jazz vocabulary. The stuff that solos are made out of. Jazz is historical music. In that sense, it's a very conservative music in that we think so much about what came before us and, oh, that's a Charlie Parker lick. That's a Coltrane lick. Oh, here's what Bill Evans did with that Charlie Parker lick. So thinking about this vocabulary. So we want to respect those that came before us. We want to speak the language that we're coming into later in its development. We want to know what came before us. But the idea of when we play a jazz solo, we're making it up on the spot. So the more of these building blocks we have ready to go, the more we can use them. But then the final goal is that we'll turn them into our own thing. But every day, I want you practicing and working on some of these little building block licks. So I'm trying to think what I was uh, working on today. I was working on um, a, it's something I did one of these videos on earlier, when I say earlier, like maybe a year ago, it was on an altered dominant arpeggio. One, three, flat five, flat seven. So a dominant seven arpeggio with a flat five. <laughs> That idea. So that's something I learned from Joe Henderson. I don't even remember what solo or what the context was. This was years ago. But it's a sound that I love and I use a fair amount in my soloing. And again, it's something I haven't practiced in a while, so I'm dusting it off. So it's not a new bit of vocabulary, but it's a bit of vocabulary I forgot I knew. I've forgotten a lot of stuff <laughs> over the years. So sure, I can be learning new stuff, but why don't I relearn something I used to play 20 years ago that I liked? So that's it. So you have to be practicing or learning some new vocabulary as an improviser every day. If you've gone four practice sessions without working on your vocabulary, that's where you're letting air out of the balloon. The final one is oddly a hard one for me. If you've watched a lot of these videos, you've heard me talk about this. 
In my practice, I tend to love working on the patterns and the devices and the licks and manipulating the sounds a little bit. And I will do that and totally forget to play music. That's the way I'm wired. So I am one of the guys that I could easily practice for a week or two without playing music. So for some of you, that rings a bell. For some of you, that sounds insane. Oh, well, there it is. So this idea that you have to practice songs. Jazz musicians play what? Music. <laughs> what kind of music? Jazz music. So you have to know jazz songs. They can't be outside of you. In other words, in your iPad, on your phone, in that fake book. If you're going to call yourself a jazz musician, it shouldn't all be external, right? If you think about your spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, um, you don't have to read about how you feel about them. You know that. It's inside you, right? So if we're going to spend all this time on this music, we need to get it inside us. So we need to memorize the songs. So first of all, we need to learn these songs. Can we play them on our instruments? Sometimes that's difficult. I've been working on Donna Lee by Charlie Parker for three and a half decades, and I'm still trying to get it just right. Um, so I want you to know the songs. I want you to memorize some songs. That's scary for people. That was very scary for me. As I said, this is not my strong suit. I can do it. I've learned how to do it. I'm just saying I'm not wired for this to be natural. Um, you could be singing these melodies to yourself. If you can sing a melody, that means you know it. So here's an example. A couple weeks ago, I uh, had my butt handed to me on a gig, one of my gigs, and somebody called a great song by Bill Evans called Very Early. It's a fantastic song. It's a beautiful song. Here's the thing. I've learned this song at least 10 or 15 times over the years. It's hard for me. It's a hard song, harmonically. It's got a slippery melody. Whatever the excuses, it got called, and I did not sound my best on this tune. So I'm back to learning very early. I should know that. And I got kind of called out on it, right? So that is why I need to be playing songs every day. I need to learn new songs, but I've learned five or six or 700 songs in my life. Do I know 700 songs? No, I'm old. I've forgotten half of them. So my job is to remember the songs I supposedly know. Here's the next thing. I want you to know the chord changes. So I've been practicing very early and I've been memorizing the chord changes by doing this. I've been playing um, sort of an inverted triad. One, five, three. It's a really beautiful sound that Bach used a lot in the cello suites, for instance. Okay, I just played the first eight measures of very early. I wasn't in time yet, and I was not playing the saxophone well. So here's where it gets interesting. I'm memorizing the chord changes to a song. I'm doing number four on the sheet. But I had to go back to number two. I was not playing the instrument well. I, had, I needed more air support, and my diaphragm wasn't engaged. So now I need to do number four 
while doing number two better. Let's see if I can do it. Better, but I was honking out the low notes. So I need to, again, how I'm playing the saxophone. So this is where it starts getting interesting is these four things start supporting each other. Okay, so now what if I'm not the professional musician I am and I can't hear everything I'm doing wrong? What if I'm not sure if I did the arpeggios quite right or we're not sure if I have the chords correct? Well, that's where the community comes in. You have to have the community. Here's the thing, if I wasn't on that gig and not played that tune as well as I wanted, it, that was my community, my band giving me the signal like, hey Jeff, wake up, relearn that tune and know that tune for the next gig. That's the signal I got from my community. And that was worth a lot of money. I would have paid money for that lesson. So that is why the community is so important. So it goes around and around like this. If you're doing these four things, if you're part of an active community, if you're working on your instrument aside from jazz, if you're working on the vocabulary that will help you improvise, and if you're working on the songs, the context of where that vocabulary goes, you're moving ahead, noticeably getting better every four months. This goes for most of you. Now, for someone at the top of their game, for John Schofield or Chris Potter or somebody like that, are they going to get noticeably, noticeably better every four months? Those guys, maybe. But you get the idea. When you're operating at the 99th percent of what can be done on your instrument, you'll never get twice as good, right? But when you're an adult amateur, when you're a semi-pro, there's still all this upside. You should be realizing that regularly. So that's what I want you to know. These four things. So. Here's where everybody gets it wrong. It's not about accumulating information. Very little of what I just said is watch a hundred videos on YouTube and accumulate information. That can be fun. It can be enlightening. It's not going to make you better. You have a lot of the information you need. When you get a community around you, that's where the important stuff rises up and starts letting you know what you need to work on. So I hope that's helpful. There's a lot there. I want you to be really think about your practice. Think about people you know and think about what rings true about this. Having that active community, working on your instrument, working on the vocabulary, working on music. Everything else. There's a lot I didn't talk about, by the way. Tons that I didn't talk about. It all starts fitting in there. So for instance, uh, someone could say, well, what about ear training? You didn't talk anything about ear training. That's the most important thing. Uh, I will disagree with you that it's the most important thing because I'm terrible at ear training and I'm a professional musician. Yeah, it's important. So that's my stand on it. But here's the thing. Ear training happens in all of this stuff. All of this stuff. How do I learn a song? It's memorization, but my ears are in there. When you can sing that melody you know it. So your ear training will happen at a pretty high level without you having to set aside an hour a day for ear training. There's a lot of examples of that. So I would love to discuss this. So please, in the post, let me know. And definitely email me. I would love to send you um, this handout. And I want to get your practice really kind of sorted out for this year. 
And most importantly, I do not want you to think that you need to practice for a year or two to make some little advance. That's ridiculous. You don't need to do that. You should be feeling excited after every session or two because there's this new thing you just did. And guess what? After you practice a couple hundred times this year, noticeable improvement. That's what I want for you. So thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next time. Happy New Year.